What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Sue L Show. First time post-quarantine, post-COVID-19. I don't want to say COVID-19 because that makes me sound lame, but uh, post-coronavirus. Um, I heard another name, by the way, like SARS 2.0. I don't know if you've heard that name. I think that's like the super scientific name Yeah, or honestly. But... <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But uh, you know what? We're making it work. We have our social distance, uh, taking our precautions and stuff. And uh, I'm excited to be back. And I got a special guest today. Owen Schatz, like, you know, taking a sip, taking some drink, uh, is a freelance filmmaker based in Eugene, Oregon, originally from Chicago. He shot several videos for the Oregon Ducks Athletic Department, filmed at Nike HQ with Kyler Murray and many others has shot music videos and a plethora of other freelance work. That sound about right? Yeah, that's a great introduction. Well, appreciate you. it. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Is this your first it. podcast, by the way? It's first podcast. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay, he's a podcast version. A little bit nervous, it. but a little bit no, excited. No, no, you're good. You're good, man. All right. Um, is there anything you wanted to add to that intro? Maybe something that I didn't cover that you think defines you well or should be noted? Before? Uh, yeah, I'm a senior at the University of Oregon. Ooh. I'm an advertising major, uh, about to graduate, go mm-hmm. out into the world for the first time. Uh, but I've been working here for the athletic department as a creative services intern and videographer for the last three years. Sick. So that's kind of been a big part of my life here um, and a big part of my work. It's cool that like that kind of becomes a job in itself, you know, because uh, when you're in high school, like your extracurriculars are just like, you know, something you do on the side, nothing much. But like, I feel like in college, it becomes more of like the main focus and the studies kind of take a backseat in a way. Yeah, it's cool to be able to get involved in the school and actually do work that kind of matters and is beyond just your classes and beyond just kind of the people around you. It's cool to have that voice. So uh, you said you're originally from Chicago. What was uh, growing up there like, you know, Midwest and everything like that? I loved it. Chicago is a really big city. And I think that really like shaped who I am. I liked growing up in a big city and just having so many options of things to do and places to go and people to meet and just having all that was really fun and really fun growing up there and just kind of being able to experience that. Um, but it's also nice to kind of slow things down and come here for a little bit right. and live in a smaller city where it's a little bit of a different lifestyle. And you said you like it more, right? Let's get that on record. I do like that. The West Coast is nice. I, uh, the rain gets a bit tough here, but other than that, it's, it's been great. That's sick. Also, by the way, we're filming outside. Uh, not like super far outside, just like on on a porch. So if you hear some wind, uh, please please forgive us. But uh, besides that, you know, we've dealt with this stuff before. We'll be fine. All right. Um, so wh- why exactly like did you choose Oregon, and how how exactly did you get into like filmmaking? You said in high school, but how did you mm-hmm. uh, you know what was the specifics as to you know how you wanted to get into it and make it a career path? So I came to Oregon uh, when I was in probably seventh or eighth grade around then I came out to summer camp in Oregon at Mount Hood oh wow and it was like skateboard snowboard summer camp um I feel like that kind of started my love for the west coast and just my first time in Oregon and really liked it uh, and then once I started applying for colleges I came out here and visited like Oregon and Washington and some other schools around here mm-hmm. uh but just love UO the most and it was the place for me uh but I started kind of making videos probably around eighth grade um and like the summer camp I was just filming like my friend skateboarding and stuff and uh, anything we were kind of doing, biking around. Um, and it was really just fun at first. We just would kind of hang out and film stuff and cut it to music and put it on YouTube. And it was fun for the time being. And then as I got into high school, I started taking some video documentary classes and things like that and really starting to kind of learn skills and figure out what I could do with videos and how to tell stories and how to just really expand my creativity with it. Um, and kind of throughout high school, I just kept doing more and more freelance and stuff like that. Uh, and then by the time I was applying for schools, I initially wanted to go to 
like USC or NYU and go to a proper film school, but it just kind of didn't work out and ended up here. Um, and when I came in here, I was actually a cinema studies major. I kind of thought it'd be a little more hands-on, but I took one class and it was just kind of analyzing movies and it wasn't for me. It was just right. super boring. It was more of like the classical kind of like film interpretation exactly. and stuff. So is that why you shifted to advertising? Cause it's more short form, hands-on, you know, get involved in stuff like that. Yeah, I was taking my freshman year, my first term, I was taking a cinema studies class and a journalism class mm, um, and just loved the journalism class and loved the professor. And it just seemed much more hands-on and kind of the place where I get experience learning and learning the skills that I feel like I can apply to my work. Mm -hmm. um, so I switched then to journalism. And then after journalism, switched. I added advertising and was a double major for a bit. Um, but now I'm just an advertising major. So where, like along that timeline, do you think you started taking it, like filmmaking and stuff like that serious? Because I know a lot of people who like, when they first get into it, it's like the flip camera, amateur experience when you're younger, make YouTube videos. Where like along the line, you know, what was like your first client or your first freelance work or, or a point where you really saw it as like a burgeoning, you know, lifestyle? That was definitely me too with the flip cam and all that. <laughs> so it's cool to see kind of a come full circle. Um, but where I'm at now, I think it really all started when I started working for the athletic department here, mm -hmm. being my sophomore year. Um, my boss there and all the people there were just so helpful in teaching me. And I think I was really able to kind of develop my skills and develop my voice. And I think that was like the biggest thing in helping me progress. That's sick. And so what was like, do you remember like what was the first project you had to work on? I think like, the first project I worked on for the athletic department was I think it was a volleyball shoot. It was right before classes started and right when I was here kind of moving in. Mm -hmm. um, and with each team, we kind of have like a media day where we get a couple hours with the team to set up kind of like these stage shoots. And I think it was a shoot with the volleyball team and we just um, were kind of getting as much content as we could from that. And then in the following weeks when I was in the office, I just kind of put together a little edit and that was really the first thing I did. Interesting. What would you describe like your filmmaking style as? I think everyone's got like distinct, you know, uh, abilities or did there's like this distinct descriptions toward uh, different works what would you you know describe your own work as if you had to usually I say cinematic mm -hmm. I think I, I try and put an emphasis on the filming of it and getting beautiful shots and I think that comes first uh, but recently in a lot of the work I do for Go Ducks is kind of people say like just like fancy transitions and overlays and all that to kind of jazz it up a little um, so I think that's part of my style too and you know, trying to learn stuff in After Effects and all that, trying to incorporate it. So I'd say cinematic at the root, but really I try and expand as much as possible and really do as much as I can. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> for the people who are more like the equipment buffs, what exactly do you use? And then for anyone who's kind of like starting out, is there any like particular software equipment that you would recommend uh, for people that just want to dip their beak? Yeah, so I edit in... Uh, the Adobe Suite, I use Premiere and After Effects the most, and mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend that for anyone who's trying to get a foot in the door. It, it's really the industry standard now, and it is a little bit intimidating to kind of get into, and it's not the most user-friendly platform when you're getting into it, but uh, it really is what you kind of need to know to get into the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as cameras, I shoot on a Sony A7S II. I'm uh, waiting for the three. I was, everyone's waiting for the three. <laughs> I'm literally, I tweeted about it earlier because uh, Sony was... They just announced like they're releasing a compact 
camera in like a week and it was like it was all blacked out and like oh. all the responses were like if it's not the a7s3 throw it away like i don't want it it really is they keep releasing new stuff and everyone's just been waiting for that but and so many like specs and rumors oh, that just keep coming goodness. out about how good it's gonna be and but... it's funny because like canon kind of had like i think it was the eos 6d that was originally like the <clears throat> the cool camera and then sony kind of took over and then like now it was like a battle of specs but then like canon's kind of re-released and now yeah. it seems like because they're taking so long it they might you know kind of rewind that that race yeah the the r5 looks pretty promising yeah just from looking at the specs um but yeah the a7 s3 i've heard that it's just been delayed because of the cost and that yeah with the specs now it would be too expensive to make for consumers so hopefully it'll come out soon yeah Definitely, interesting yeah. Do you want to, like, is there a part of you that wants to try, like, using, or have you even used, like, RED cameras or more expensive gear? Definitely, yeah. I've, I've edited a bit of Alexa footage um, working at Godux. We have a few of those that some people use, and then some RED footage for some freelance projects, but right. I've never been able to shoot too much in either. Um, I've shot a little bit on, like, a C200 and some of those, like, FS7 uh, kind of lower cinema quality cameras. Um, and definitely would love to get one of those soon, but yeah. they come with a big price tag. So <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're, I'm guessing, are you familiar with the uh, Casey Neistat? Of course. So yeah. he like has this ethos he talks about, which I think is really interesting about how when he first got into filmmaking, it was like a super cheap, like Sony, like camcorder camera. And, uh, for the longest time he would wrap it in like bubble wrap and make sure like nothing happens to it. But then he noticed that like he was missing out on like, kind of the raw authentic moments that kind of occurred with him living in uh, new york at the time and then a sense like become the exact opposite where like he goes through cameras like they're like like toys from the mcdonald's like kids menu or whatever um <clears throat> what are your <coughs> what are your thoughts on i guess camera equipment being like an extension of you and using it to really capture you know life's moments and everything you do yeah i think casey's a super smart guy and definitely a huge inspiration for me you know watching his youtube videos growing up mm -hmm. uh, was a big part of kind of me getting into filmmaking and his emphasis on storytelling. Right, right. And always that kind of being the first and most important thing in any video. Um, regardless of the gear. Yeah, regardless of the gear, a phone, how it looks. Alexa, whatever. Yeah, the story is what matters most. And I think uh, that's super important to take away, even though he, you know, can't afford really nice gear, I'm sure, and uses some really nice gear. It, it always sure, is the yeah. story that comes first. Um, but, yeah, he definitely, it, it's tough seeing him, like, destroy cameras yeah. and go through them like that. <laughs> he just uh, drops yeah. them. You're like, no. <laughs> and he's in a little different situation, like, money-wise, obviously, to be able to mm -hmm. do that. Um, I think he's a little too reckless now. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was, like, eh, a little bit, but now it's like, all right. I think he likes seeing people kind of squirm as he uh, breaks yeah. them and see the discomfort in people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's a good philosophy that I, I agree with it, like, when I go on hikes and stuff and try and film stuff, it's, it's tough because you want to keep your camera in your bag. It's the easiest place, but at the same time, mm -hmm. I want to have it in my hands just in case you see anything to get that shot. So it's trying to find that balance of taking too good care of your equipment and, um, you know, destroying it. So Would you say, like, for <clears throat> anyone starting out, like, just start with your phone? Because now the phones are, like, 4K and they got, like, yeah. great specs. Just start with your phone some basic editing and then kind of go from there and if you like it then upgrade your gear and all that stuff yeah definitely phones are a great way just because they're so easy to do and everyone has one mm -hmm. um i know for a lot of like classes this term like for gateway and stuff they're all on phones now and oh wow i think it's cool because it kind of takes away the gear and it takes away having to like worry about all the technical aspects and it just it's you and your phone and you can tell a really good story with it mm -hmm. um and even stuff that we've done for godox one of my friends mark Shout out Mark Nelson. He shot some stuff on his phone this year and some like GoPro stuff and 360 camera stuff that, you know, looks just as good. And it gets 
just as many views and it doesn't matter what camera you use but just getting that shot is what's most important sometimes interesting in the kind of like on this uh, same topic of uh, equipment is there anything kind of like future equipment you see or like what's the future in that particular realm realm whether it's 3d cameras or underwater footage or drones or anything like that where you're kind of excited to see you know how technology might mesh with filmmaking all that stuff something that i've been like super obsessed with the last like week or so is these new like fpv drones like the race oh drones yeah yeah, just, yeah same same i think that's the future like seeing what they can do is just absolutely insane like mm -hmm. the shots they can get are just unlike anything else i've ever seen so i think those are really special um i've been following like a ton of those instagram pages there's yeah. like the collection of all of them but there's like certain like brands and stuff like that where i'm just like mind blown by yeah that's another thing too with like the equipment is you know when you're flying that fast and that close to stuff like you're gonna break stuff <laughs> that casey nice that balance of figuring out kind of but I would say those fall. drones are, like, built for that because, yeah. I mean, they're definitely – some of them are a little flimsy, but there's other equipment where it's, like, it's built for whether you're flying over the pyramids or you're flying toward, like, a building. And, you know, you have to be prepared for those crashes that might happen. But uh, Yeah, they have but, a lot of, like, customization, too. Like, everyone kind of builds their own now where you're just building it from pieces. So if one piece breaks, you know, you would just replace that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to replace the whole thing like a DJI drone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting because, like, they're expensive, but they're not that – price range either where it's like you know the yeah. price of like one of those professional like uh dji cameras and stuff like that yeah it seems like cost isn't as big of a barrier but trying to just learn to fly it and build it and all that it's really the biggest barrier to entry for a lot of people right right so uh describe going back into actual filmmaking yeah. <laughs> we're talking about gear for a minute um talk about like your first like i guess like experience filming so you talked about volleyball mm -hmm. what about like you know basketball nothing against volleyball but like yeah. you know basketball football what uh, generate the crowds what was it like the first time have you ever been on like the field or is it more yeah we're always on the field okay, for all the games it. i remember my first game um i think i was the only one who had like a gimbal stabilizer going back oh to right right so i was given the task of basically walking out in front of the team from the locker room to the field oh, as wow. they were coming out and it was a bit terrifying just having <laughs> like a hundred people who are twice the size of you walking pretty fast towards you. And I'm trying to like walk backwards and keep a steady <laughs> shot. Um, and then I get back to in the end of the tunnel and my back's like up against the curtain and the whole thing just fills with fog and then I can't see anything. And I just know that right when they pull the curtain open, I have to get out of the way and the whole team is going to run out full speed. You don't want to get trampled. And if I'm in the way, I'm getting trampled on TV. <laughs> so... Do you, uh, are you filming like the basketball like tunnel entry as well? So you're doing, okay, so yeah. interesting. So those, those iconic shots are all because of Owen's shots over here. Yeah, I love getting those shots and those have kind of been like a big part of my task for like, especially football game days and usually the guy walking out with them. Uh, but yeah, now it's such a fun shot to get. It's like such a cool experience to be a part of and be able to walk with them and something that a lot of people don't get to experience. So I feel very fortunate to be able to do that that's awesome you should call that like that should be your production company name by the shots production <laughs> i know it's too like many a, good opportunities a double on Tronda. yeah i mean like it fits you perfectly people are saying i should change my instagram name like shots by shots yeah oh like that. that would be sick but, yeah yeah because then that would also like correct all the people who like don't know because like i told exactly, you coming in yeah. here i was like i thought it was shots and i'm pretty sure a lot of people reading it they see the a and they're like oh it's shots but like shots by shots that's pretty i think that's a great name yeah. right there it definitely is. My sister used to have in her Instagram bio, like, it just said, like shots, just to, like, <laughs> correct people so they know it. That's funny. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's funny. Interesting. Um, what do you think is, you know, outside of, well, this could, I guess, also count, like, the athletic stuff could count, but what do you think is, like, an experience or memory that filmmaking has, like, afforded you or something that you cherish because of, like, what you do? 
Um, I think about that a lot, honestly. It's, it's cool because I'm able to shoot concerts and be on stage with people and go to a lot of sporting events and be on the field or on the court. Um, and I think one of the really cool things is allowing me to travel. Oh, wow. Um, these last two years, I've been, a lot, been fortunate enough to go to Hawaii with the baseball team for their series against University of Hawaii. Um, I went to Alaska this summer to work on a project with Science of Memory here oh. um, with some students from the J School. Um, so just everything like that feels really cool to be able to go to these places that I just would never go to and it's right. all because of the camera. It feels really special. Is there like anything in particular? I think, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I saw like you were filming a bear or something. <laughs> I'm guessing that's yeah. probably the Alaska trip, but is there I any was. like specific memory where you're like, you know, being on the field for a, a game-winning touchdown or something like that where you're filming and it's like, sheesh, like larger than life yeah filming the bear was something pretty crazy that was in alaska this summer and uh going up to alaska we did a bunch of preparation for kind of what we needed to do in case we encountered a bear and all this like safety stuff and it was all kind of taught to us as like you know we've never had to use this it doesn't matter but right. we you just have to watch this video um, and make sure just in case something would happen mm -hmm. uh, and then once we got there we weren't really seeing any bears and usually they go up there and see a ton so we were kind of like okay we don't have to worry too much about yeah. it mm -hmm. Uh, but one day we were lucky enough to go out on this boat um, and over to this other area a bit further from where we were staying um, just for the sole purpose of looking for bears and I'd heard that there were some bear sightings up there. Um, so we went up there and just kind of spent the day looking around and kind of just waiting for bears. Uh, and finally we saw this one that was across the river from us and it was pretty safe distance so we were fine filming it. Uh, but slowly it just kept walking closer and closer to us and <laughs> we I was with a few other people kind of separated from the larger group oh wow and so it just I think someone in our group had opened up a granola bar right before so we think that that's kind of why it got so close um goodness gracious yeah can you just imagine like you, you gotta like name the person who who opened the granola bar that's a shout out to Josh Grant Ooh. I hope he's listening to this <laughs> I can just imagine the whole group like the the bear just comes like god damn it Josh like, yeah. like, but you know, now we're thanking him because we all got some great shots that is of bear, true so. that is true it, it was pretty crazy it probably got within like 20 15 feet of us by the end and oh my goodness yeah. that's when the bear spray came out we were kind of getting ready stomping our feet and waving our jackets um, but we got our shots and the bear went away and we were all safe. So it, it worked out. How but. effective do you think that is? Cause I saw, I saw this, uh, documentary once about this girl and her dad who go, they went, uh, somewhere, I think it might've been Alaska as well. It, it was somewhere like that, but uh, it might've been Oregon actually. So, um, but they like, they ran into a bear and it was like protecting its cub, but it was like kind of like a blind corner. So when they turned, the bear was there and like the bear obviously thought it was like, and then, uh, they had bear spray, but like all of that, uh, you know, the heat of the moment, like uh what's the word i'm just thinking of like uh like energy like oh uh -huh, just like the uh, adrenaline adrenaline there we go all the adrenaline and stuff like they couldn't open the bear spray and then unfortunately like it went bad but Ugh. nobody died but it was like pretty bad but uh yeah thank god yeah. you guys had like the bear spray yeah we had the bear everything. spray and we were with a local who had had some bear encounters before so okay, interesting. we felt somewhat safe and we knew it'd be okay the bear wasn't probably only four or five years old wasn't like oh, too okay. big wasn't with any cubs or anything so yeah you would have squared up with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait define the local that had bear experience what, what does that look like uh i think he just had some encounters with bears and mm -hmm. he was you know comfortable using bear spray and okay. he'd grown up in a the small town of alaska and he was the one who took us out there so right we felt somewhat safe. What was Alaska like? And it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. Alaska or like Antarctica, somewhere yeah. super cold and random like that. It was really cool. We got, we went to a city called Cordova that I don't know the population, but the 
there's no roads that connect it to anywhere else in Alaska. Oh, wow. So the only way you can get there is by boat or by plane. There's like one flight in and out every day. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool to be in this small town in such a rural area. Yeah. Uh, but we got to, you know, obviously see bears. We saw a lot of fishing. We got to go walk out on a glacier with uh, this artist who was a local there. And he took us on a little tour, which was really cool. Um, but the whole thing was just an amazing experience to kind of see such a different part of the world. Is it still very cold in the summer as well, I'm guessing? Or no, it just... wasn't too bad. We were out in the glacier, we were all in t-shirts. But when you say glaciers, so it was like, was it 50s, 60s, or hotter, colder? Um, it was pretty warm. I mean, most of the time we just like kind of hoodie weather. Oh, okay, got it. Kind of like got that. Because uh, I was wondering, I was like, if it's glacier, then I feel like it must be still cold. It's like not yeah. melting or anything, you know what I mean? It's so... melting a little bit, you know, it's... They're having a bit of a problem with it receding and everything up there. And that's, climate change and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, those are really the stories we were telling while we were there. Um, but yeah, there's still enough for us to walk out, walk on, and we got to kayak around some icebergs too in the water, which is really cool. So talking about, like, you just said stories you want to tell. Like, what are more stories that you want to tell in general instead of, I mean, sports is incredible, and, like, this actually sounds yeah. like a really cool experience. Is that, like, something you want to do? Uh, like, what kind of stories do you, like, interest you in telling or, or filming and shooting yeah i think storytelling is definitely a long-term goal and something that i want to get involved in like documentaries and things like that mm -hmm. um even with alaska though going up there like i didn't even have a story in mind like it was kind of play it by ear get there meet some people and try and figure out a story then um so i was like going in with an open mind and just not trying to get too set but yeah. uh, i wanted to tell the stories of the people there and kind of how they interact with nature um but I think I was super inspired by the movie, like, Free Solo, if you've seen that. Yes, I've seen that, it, yeah. Like, just seeing the storytelling in that and mixing it with, like, the beautiful cinematography right. that I think that's, like, a masterpiece. And yeah, something I that, saw like, that. I would strive to make something that good. I saw that, in a, I saw that in theaters. My friend was kind of, like, he's like, yeah, there's, like, this random, like, documentary. It's about this guy who, like, climbs mountains. Like, we should go see it. And then we're just sitting on the, in the movie theater, like, on the edge of our seats the whole Sweaty time. Sweaty like, palms. Oh, Lord have mercy. What is going on? The movie, by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I think we we both recommend seeing it. I don't know how different it is, like, not to, like, be like, oh, I saw it in theaters. But, like, yeah. I feel like that's a movie where, like, the theaters, like, really impacts, like, how you, like, you yeah. know, watch the film. Because uh, it's about a guy who basically basically tries to climb El Capitan, which is like this flat mountain. I Not even mountain. What is it? just that? like a face. It's like a... Yeah, like a... He just rock cliff. climbs up it. But uh, he does it without like harnesses or any gear or anything. So most people, they do it with gear. No one's ever done it. And then like the sport is called free soloing, which yeah. is like climbing mountains without any gear. No one's ever done that. But uh, there's like tons of people who die, die left and right as friends and stuff from just doing the same the same thing but uh you know what's crazy it was like the first time he did it and then decides to come back down yeah that's that scary. was where it's like wow okay this is really you know, yeah, like that. the fact that he like himself felt the danger and like didn't want to go through with it um, yeah that's super real yeah but it was cool seeing like the behind the scenes of that too and seeing their process and telling the story yeah um jimmy chen and all of them yeah and it was cool how they were kind of able to incorporate that into the documentary where they kind of show the behind the scenes of you know how they're conflicted filming it in case something goes wrong and um, even just showing like their process and being able to get all the angles from on the just sides of like the wall, um, which I really enjoyed of it.
I've been seeing a uh, Jimmy and then also Spike Lee have their uh, master classes. I don't know if you uh, like. I just keep seeing these master classes like YouTube ads everywhere. <laughs> like some of it's like Gordon Ramsay teaches you how to cook. Stephen Curry teaches you how to shoot and stuff. I don't know if you uh, have you seen any of those. And you think about taking any of those classes? No, I haven't. I uh, I usually just follow like the free YouTube tutorials. Yeah, That's kind yeah, of it makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it's not every day that you get the the masters in those like particular fields. Just like, yeah, it's pretty I cool. I guess putting away giving away their secrets. I'm like sticking to that like. Uh, I think traditionally you talked about like NYU and USC, like there's like traditional filmmakers, like your Tarantino's, your Spielberg's, like all those people who, you know, are excelling at making long, long form films uh, and like, you know, excelling in that particular field. But then nowadays with like social media, you're seeing like the Cole Bennett's, you're seeing Gibson Hazards, you're seeing even like the David Dobrik's who are mastering like a certain storytelling medium. What are your thoughts on that? And is that something that, intrigues you uh in terms of like the new generation of of content production yeah i think all content now is really it used to be kind of driven for movies and then slowly kind of youtube with like casey neistat and david david dobrik uh but now i feel like it's it's all like social media especially with like tiktok like so much content is being made just for social media now and before it kind of seemed like content was for youtube and then you know you get like a little bit of a sample kind of on instagram or twitter but now it's it's really like Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. That's like what people are making content for. So it's right. it's really changing for the format, for like the length and the aspect ratios and all that. So it, it's kind of cool to see it change, and I'm excited to see where it goes in the next couple of years. Interesting. Yeah, kind of it kind of coincides with like the shorter attention span, I guess, that people yeah. have in general. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting. It's like kind of redefining. Like it doesn't have to be a beginning, a plot, and an end. It could just be an interesting edit, and you know, kind of enjoying it visually for like two minutes instead. Yeah, um, and like David Dobrik style, just doing these like. I mean, his videos almost have like no flow, and there's right. like these little bits and pieces, but he's able to make it work so well just because people have short attention spans, and it's just snappy. I just content. think it's yeah. I think it's brilliant. Like, I just think it's it's so interesting that like every I'm a big fan of his. I think that how everyone was <clears throat> making these like long, not long, but like 15, 20 minute vlogs. And it's just like them going throughout their day. And then he kind of is like, let me make this friends slash jackass four minute, 20 second compilation yeah. of my week and just take the highlights of it. And, you know, I thought that he's like really mastered that and created something new. Yeah. It feels like almost social media taken to YouTube, like kind of going backwards. And it's right. like just taking these vines or like little quick Snapchat right, right, videos yeah. and making them into something longer, which, which is really cool. Yeah, 100%. Um, what do you think are some of like the biggest like misconceptions about filmmaking, about what you do uh, in terms of sh- like, you know, the the social media and, and all that stuff? I think one of the things in sports and working for GoDucks and that the biggest misconception or just biggest unknown to people is the quick turnaround time. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. You know, just after any event or thing, we're just like right in the editing mode and got to get something turned around as quick as possible. If it's a football game you know there's gonna be videos posted after the game in the next morning so we're up late that night or early the next morning trying to get stuff done and i think that's something a lot of people don't see that's a really big part of it yeah it can be it's kind of reminds you of high school a little bit just like the you know you have an assignment that's given to you on wednesday and then it's due thursday and you're like oh man i gotta finish this tonight and i'm gonna miss this and you know Yeah. yeah that's definitely true um and kind of before we head out, is there anything you want to plug? Social media, filmmaking, YouTube, Vimeo, anything like that? I'm at Owen Shots on everything. O W E N S C H. Soon to be Shots by Shots. We got yeah. we got to change it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I post a lot of work on my Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
a little bit on YouTube, but not too much on there. You can check it out in a couple of videos. But yeah. All right. All right. Last question. Um, what kind of advice would you give aspiring filmmakers or anyone who's just like, it, we kind of talked about equipment earlier, but anyone yeah. who's just simply interested, they watch your videos, they watch someone else's videos and they're like, oh, this is cool. You know, I want to get into it. What advice would you give them? And uh, yeah, in terms of just sticking through it and being persistent and all that stuff. I think the biggest thing for just building your craft and learning how to make videos, doesn't matter what gear you're using, just go out and film stuff. doesn't matter what it is. You're going to learn through experience best. And I think mm. that's the way that I really learned is just watching YouTube tutorials and going out and filming literally nothing and just editing it together, like not even planning on posting anywhere, just making it for myself to kind of get better. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you can get advice from as many people as you want or watch as many videos as you want, but none of it's really going to matter if you don't actually go out and do it. Um, so that's definitely the most important thing. Um, and also just meet people, reach out to people on Instagram. I think you'd be surprised how friendly people are. Mm -hmm. um, like people, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> people who you may reach out to and think that they would never respond. Um, you never know. They, they might respond and give you great advice and it might be a great connection for you. Uh, so really just be hungry and be ready and just get ready to work and do as much as you can. All right, man. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm Thanks excited so to see me. what you're uh, going to do in the future. Yeah, everyone just be on the lookout and uh, give them a follow. Also, give at the Suhail Show a follow. Give me a follow. Give everyone a follow. And, uh, and, yeah, look out for more episodes in the future. But with everything going on, guys, just stay safe. Stay inside. Wear a mask. If you got to go out, that's fine. Just, you know, don't be an idiot. And, and yeah, thanks, Owen, for coming on. And I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.